Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Twins with their first win of the season last night. Very, over a college baseball team. And a very a good start. Very intriguing roster move, too. We'll get to that. Uh, the Wild beat the Devils last night. Lou Nanny's on the show, too, at 10 o'clock. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? Devils are back at full strength. Riley shot. Tip the score! Win it. Tries to fight off a tip. The score! Erickson driving the net. Here they score! Stewart beats Lack. And Minnesota's fourth line scores twice on the same shift. And the Wild have a one-goal lead. I see some enthusiasm. Like, I mean, when we're down... Um, tonight and the, the previous game, we weren't all of a sudden just going, ah, oh, here we go again. It was, let's get that goal and go after them. And once we got the one, same as in the island, is we got two and three right right quickly. The, you know, the enthusiasm and energy was there. So it's a great thing if you can keep it going. The island. I saw Journey at the island a few months ago. How was it? Outdoor. Good island. stuff. Different. He's talking about Good stuff. different island. Yeah, okay. a little, little bit different, a little bit different, but that's fine. Okay. So that quote, play that quote one more time. Asia opened for Journey, if you want to know. Are you serious? I see some enthusiasm. Like, I mean, when we're down um, tonight and the, the previous game, we weren't all of a sudden just going, ah, oh, here we go again. It was, let's get that goal and go after him. And once we got the one, same as in the island, is we got two and three right, right quickly. The, you know, the enthusiasm and energy was there. So it's a great thing if you can keep it going. So the Wild goes down uh, 2 nothing. I believe they trailed 2 nothing at some point in the second period last night to the Devils. And then the Wild comes back and rallies. And what Boudreaux is saying there is all it takes is if you get down in a game, you know what? Don't say, we're cooked now. We're done now. This is the difference between, and this is where we get sucked in by this team. When they go through periods like this, when they play like this, This is a team that has the ability to make the playoffs. I don't know if they can be successful there, but they certainly have have the the ability to put themselves in a good position to make the playoffs. What Boudreaux is referring to there, though, is the up-and-down nature of this team and this season. So what we saw last night, and, and I believe they were down by at least a goal to the Islanders on Monday as well, what we saw in those two games was a team that got down in the score and rallied to come back and rallied to win. If you can continue to play like this, you're going to be in pretty good shape. However, I would warn you not to get sucked in quite yet. You play the Rangers tonight, you've got the, so you got the potential for six points, but I would warn you not to get sucked in quite yet because I want to see this consistently now. 
And by the way, Alex Stalock, fantastic last night. Fantastic in goal. Did a great job. He damn near scored an empty net goal. I don't know if you saw it late in the third period. I did actually. But he see got it. but he got the puck. He gloved the puck. And because unlike Dubnik, he's so good at playing the puck, shot it down the ice. <laughs> so, and I love all the bat like you you came in before the show here and mm-hmm. you said I said, what, uh, what's your what's your angle? I'll you know, help mm-hmm. guide you into your, your angle here. And you said, I'm going to start off with some positivity. And like three drive-by backhanded compliments. Hey, Boots <laughs> put it perfect. Boots put it absolutely perfect. You know what this team is amazing don't at? Get, don't get down every time you get behind by a goal yeah, or two. Well, here's what this team is amazing at for five or six years now. The trade deadline looms. And then what are we now? We're a, we're less than a week. It's the twenty sixth Monday at two p.m. So we're just we're right on the brink. We're on here. the weekend going into the trade deadline. Now they do have two games to help sway opinion before the trade deadline mm-hmm. uh, at New York and home they'll, against San they'll Jose. They'll play well in both. But that's the thing. Like, yeah, I know. That's... When you every single time they're on the verge of man, are they a playoff team? Are they not? Are they buyers or sellers? What are they? They'll play well. Conveniently, they always do this, yes. right? They and I know people might point to, yeah, well, they got beat uh, two home games last week or two weeks ago, uh, Washington, Anaheim. But if you look at their last three weeks or four weeks of hockey before the uh, the All Star break, it's a couple wins and then a loss. It's a couple wins and a loss. I mean, it's it's like. I want to say they're like 10 and 6 or maybe even better than that if you go back the last month or so. Yep. Maybe they rack up a couple more wins. So they this team is so good at lulling you into that's, this false belief, which I I'm, think is what you're saying, that, right? That's exactly what I'm saying is yeah. don't get sucked in quite yet. So what would you do on Monday then? Uh I would Would you still trade Eric Stahl on Monday even this no, even though this team is in playoff no, contention? No, I would not. Um and, and in fact I wrote this for the website yesterday what I would do is absolutely nothing. I would walk in that room and I would say, gentlemen, there's a very good chance uh, that, that we're, we're going to sign the Jordan Greenway kid who just played in the Olympic Games and who is going to complete a season with BU. And once he's done, we're going to try and sign him. He's six foot six and he can step right, right in and help you. But besides that, I'm getting you no help. I'm not doing a Hansel trade. I'm not going to trade away prospects. I'm not going to trade away draft picks. If I was Chuck Fletcher, I would tell that this team, take a good look around this room because if you're going to be successful, it's going to be this group. Hmm. Oh, uh... Looks like the Judbot 3000 has uh, woke up for the day here. The Judbot I'm 3000 sure the has game. some takes on, on the game last Judd night. Judbot doesn't sleep. He was all in on it last night. Congratulations to the Wild on another brilliant, winning, and sustainable performance last night. What was the strategy? The strategy was this. Fall behind 2-0 and depend on your fourth line to bring it you back with a couple cheap goals. Way to go furious rallies. I am sure that will work out for you in the playoffs. Can you hear the sarcasm in my voice? Here's something without the sarcasm. I can't stand watching these clowns. <laughs> oh, bot! Oh, the Judbot! He's very upset! I think it's time to put out a missing persons report. I am getting worried. If you have seen or know the whereabouts of Zach, Granny, Charlie, or Mitko, please call the Excel Energy Center. See, that's not fair, Judbot. The fourth line steps up and has a great game. And it can't just be that the fourth line has a great game. you got to drive by and you've got to rip the other three lines. That does, that's just it's very unfair to Judbot. I agree. I mean, they want me. Do you know Judbot? Listen, Judbot, do you know how much Miko does? I mean, do you know how many things he does that you don't clearly see? Tell us, Judd. I mean, he gets, there is nobody who is as as artful and is as good at being kicked out of the face-off circle as Miko Koivu. Nobody, nobody 
gets kicked out of the faceoff circle as much as Miko. You know what? Zach Parisi had damn near had a breakaway last night, and I mean, he only looked like he was skating like a 78-year-old by the time he got to the goal. <laughs> yeah. Judd, I'm very disappointed. The ice was a little slushy. I don't know if you noticed. Is it was that what it was? Every, only when they were on the ice. Uh, side rant off of your Koivu point about getting kicked out of the faceoff circle. Yeah. I, I feel like it's power-trippy NHL officials. Just drop the puck. Like how oh, often we've been, we've been down this path before, but they had a they had if you a, blink this wrong, is a, they kick you out of the face off yes, circle. Yes, yes, this is a, a 2017-18 point of emphasis, though. Kicking oh guy, it God. is this this drop the puck. The linesmen ha- have become basically the equivalent of umpires. Power hungry, they're kicking guys out left and right, but they kick Koivu out. I swear to God, if you go back and look, he's going to average four to five times a game now. He gets booted. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this a, a corner turned by Erickson Eck, who went 50 games between goals and now has goals in back-to-back games? Uh, he was just sort of posted up on the... Or he he was where he should have been yeah. for that goal. Yeah, he and he, he was hard, the, I guess, yeah. He was the closer for, for that goal. I mean, he was like the last 10%. I actually... Puck hits off of bodies and it goes in. I actually, in his defense, I think he's played pretty well. He, he just didn't score. But, I mean, he did work hard. Um, is this a corner turned? I don't think so. But I, I think that if he hadn't, if he truly was as as bad as just the goal scoring statistic made it out to be, because he scored in that first game and then didn't score for fifty games, I think he probably would be in the minors right now. So I will defend him a bit for the job he's been asked to do. I think he's played pretty well. Now that being said, though, the Judbot's right. You ain't gonna get that fourth line to be scoring two goals on one shift. Oh, much. but you need like you're gonna have to win in 82 it, games. Oh, you're sure. gonna need a fourth line to win sure. a game five or six but times. It, right? it, it would be nice if your top line guys um, did a little bit more in in games than what we saw last night. I think that's what we call a gap between reality and expectations, especially when you start to match up whatever the you know. And not that it's the same top line now that it will be in two months when the playoffs hit, but when you start to match up this top line and then the ages and some of the declining play with. Teams that you might meet, even in a depleted Western Conference, that's what. That's why I'm just sitting here, yeah, kind of waiting and seeing. Well, to your point, let's see how, how they play after 2 p.m. on Monday. Let's see if they continue this, because this is the furious rallies, man. It means a lot of things, and one thing it means is when a deadline looms, this team loves to play hard. Ding, ding. Breaking ball got him, and that's what's really nice to see. Chaguan has got some overpowering velocity, but the more he can throw a breaking ball and get strikeouts up here, look at that. That ball dived uh, almost straight down. Speculation. So JT Shagwa has been DFA'd off the 40-man roster, and at, at some point I want to tell you a story about the JT Shagwa era of Twins front office strategy, which is a... a is that what you call it? The okay. chapter's closed. But, okay, all right. But JT Shagwa was on the 40-man roster. The Rule 5 draft has passed, so there's really no... You know, there's there's no reason why you would kick someone off the roster this time of year. Yeah, there's no games being played. It's not the regular season yet. In the regular season, oh crap, we need to, you know, we need to bring a guy up from the minors, uh, a Trevor Hildenberger who's not currently on the forty man. So we have to t- send someone off. Well, that's not what happens this time of year. If you kick a guy off the forty man roster this time of year, it's to make room for somebody else mm-hmm. outside the organization. Mm-hmm. We don't know what part two of this is, but the Twins just created room on their 40-man roster by getting rid of J.T. Chagua 
So, is it Lance Lynn? So what is, you're is it the next say, it Jaime be, Garcia? It could be Alex Cobb. I think I think there's going to be an announcement today that is going to make Twins fans very happy. Is this a report? That or is, is, is this? No, 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 no. This is this is just a gut feeling based on the fact that reckless speculation. Based on the fact of what you said, which is you don't make that roster move, especially at this point in the spring, unless you've got probably an agreement in place. And and it's probably not a trade. So my guess is that they've come to an agreement with a pitcher, and maybe it is a Lance Lynn or a Alex Cobb. I mean, one of those, that group of players has to start signing. Like, they've got to realize what, what I thought I was going to get when I hit the market is not going to be there, at least for the 2018 season. So at some point in time, that group of players, because that's not an all-star group of players. I mean, that's no, a, that, that's a decent, number three it's a decent group, but it's not great. They're going to have to uh, accept their fate and fall in line. I think we might get an announcement today. Well, so I, I'm having a hard time reading the tea leaves here because ordinarily you would just make the move. You would just, if you're going to sign a pitcher, you would sign the pitcher, and then in the announcement you would tell everyone, oh, and the corresponding 40-man roster move is this. But they did that first. It is weird because it's just not the time or year where you would, there's no reason, if you like a guy internally that's not on your 40-man roster, there's no incentive to put him on the 40-man roster until he's in the major leagues. Correct. There's, there's just no reason to. Correct. So it has to be someone from outside the organization, unless there's some special circumstance with JT Shagwa that we're not thinking of. Here's another angle, though. Mm-hmm. So the Grapefruit League starts today because the season is kind of moved. The, the season starts the last week in March. They're trying to, I don't know if they're trying to space things out during the regular season. I'd have to go look at the end of the year calendar. But if you're a pitcher, especially, you need to ramp up slowly over the course of a month. Like a hitter can come in halfway through spring training. And probably still be fine and play catch up and just get a lot of live batting practice reps. As a pitcher, it's not like you can just squeeze a bunch of starts in. All right, well, you're going to start today and yeah. tomorrow. Like as a pitcher, it's, right. it's very specific. You come in and you pitch one or two innings your first time out as a starter, mm-hmm. and then you rest for a few days, and then you come out, you play. So it's a one month ramp up process. If you're Lance Lynn or Alex Cobb, and you're not facing live hitters in games until like the middle of March because you didn't sign. You're going to have to start the season probably on the disabled list, or uh, I don't know how that would work. Like you're not going to be able to start right away when the season begins sure. if you don't get into a camp right now. Sure. So this would be the this would be the weekend with with spring training games actually starting where that movement has to start. So maybe this is maybe this I is believe a sign. that the I, I believe that that today in this case the reckless speculation tag is very very appropriate. Reckless. Speculation. Uh, do we know has has Royce just been clowning us on his show? I have not I listened not the last listen. couple of days. Yeah, Dave, he hates our speculation. Aware? I didn't hear anything of the very little I heard of the show yesterday. It's conjecture. Like... You guys are making things up. The Archer thing. Four hours is too much. The Archer thing bothered him. The quarterback speculation, I think, drives him crazy. My favorite was the day that we talked about Drew Brees, who, by the way, is still not signed back with the Saints yet. And Royce ducked his head in during a break and said, why would Drew Brees come here? What are you even talking about, Judd? So, I mean, I don't know. Drew Brees still is not signed. That's all. We need to teach Pat the magic of reckless speculation and the art of reckless speculation. It's a lot of fun. And you know what? It's a lot more fun to to say that the Twins possibly are going to add Alex Cobb or Lance Lynn today than say, yeah, you know what? They're probably just going to promote somebody. Yeah.
but I don't think they are. No, so. I don't either. Uh, Lou Nanny will join us uh, the top of the hour, usually Thursdays at 10. It's Friday uh, this week at 10 o'clock. Write that down, predictions, 11 o'clock today, and an accountability session. So we'll do that. It's a game show Friday and all kinds of stuff. We're going to get into some more Vikings and something we talked about with Collar yesterday, a non-quarterback thing that we talked about with Collar yesterday. Mackie and Judd in the TCL Broadcast Studios. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. All right, bring it in. We all ready? On 1500 ESPN. Devils are back at full strength. Riley shot. Tip the score! Win it. Tries to fight off a check. The score! Erickson driving the net. Here they score! Stewart beats Lack. And Minnesota's fourth line scores twice on the same shift. And the Wild have a one-goal lead. I see some enthusiasm. Like, I mean, when we're down um, tonight and the, the previous game, we weren't all of a sudden just going, ah, oh, here we go again. It was, let's get that goal and go after him. And once we got the one, same as in the island, is we got two and three right, right quickly. The, you know, the enthusiasm and energy was there. So it's a great thing if you can keep it going. Congratulations to the Wild on another brilliant, winning and sustainable performance last night. What was the strategy? The strategy was this. Fall behind two to zero and depend on your fourth line to bring it you back with a couple cheap goals. Way to go furious rallies. I am sure that will work out for you in the playoffs. Can you hear the sarcasm in my voice? Here's something without the sarcasm. I can't stand watching these clowns. Judbot 3000 did not enjoy last night's victory. <laughs> victory, by the way. Judbot 3000 seems to uh, seems as if he doesn't enjoy much. I feel like you're able to hide behind the Judbot 3000 now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Or like you don't have to be quite as unbearably... Negative and sarcastic. Judbot fights his battles for him. That's yeah. what you're saying. Like you can play good gonna, cop and be Mr. Likable, and Judbot 3000 can come in, roll up the sleeves, and play the bad cop. Dave Harrigan is so protective of Judbot 3000 at this point that I barely get near him. So I can't hide behind yeah. him because I don't get near him. Our sources are saying that uh, real Judd tried to maybe influence, if not just quite frankly, steal Judbot 3000 late last night. He tried to tell me what Judbot was thinking, and I'm the one talking to Judbot. Uh, I think I think Dave and Judbot 3000, uh, I think they know what their own thoughts are without your help, real Judd. I think it's time to put out a missing persons report. I am getting worried. If you have seen or know the whereabouts of Zach... Granny, Charlie, or Mitko, please call the Excel Energy Center. I'm impressed by Judbot's pronunciation skills. His pronunciation skills are good, and his uh, his instant knowledge of nicknames is very impressive, too. Granny, yeah. boom. Yeah. He'd be great with like, the Garden Hire era twins, too. <laughs> oh, he would have been Lexi, fantastic then. Go, go. They brought back Bartlett for, for tricks and stuff, and the yeah, clubhouse he was so much fun. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Vince tweets into the show, who do we call to get the Judbot his own show or Twitter account? I think a Twitter account would be, that's the next level here Ask for Judbot, Judbot 3000. Ask Judbot. I'm sure he'll do it. I, he I, seems I, to relish ripping the wild, do we so know, I'm sure he'll do it on Twitter. Is Judbot able to translate his opinions to uh, 280 characters or less in the new media world? Do that's, we know? That's up to Dave. But because it's not up to me. To it's up to Judbot. I can talk to Judbot. I, I don't know if he's interested in tweeting. I don't know if he wants to keep this only to an on-air thing. You know, too much of, of a thing. You know, it's, it's you've got that whole, uh, you know, who wants to be a millionaire thing. 
You get too much, and all of a sudden people get tired of Pigs it. Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. Exactly. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Mark Cuban. That's, yeah. that's probably true. I have a, a wild thought to run by you. So I think for the long term, if, if you want to win big long term at this point, it might be best to see what you can get for Eric Stahl at the trade deadline. He's he's going to he's going to go over 30 goals by the second week in March. <laughs> this has been a really productive season for him. He's 33 years old and could you imagine like if if there's another contender out there salivating looking to add some extra depth or uh or just looking to to beef up their first or second line for the playoffs. Eric Stahl would be really appealing. Agreed? For another for another contender. I agree completely with that. So you could probably get this is the the peak of his value, and when you signed him, you probably didn't even expect this type of production from Eric no, Stahl. No, you did not. That said, it's almost impossible because you've won enough games in the past couple weeks to sell which is where, anyone who follows the team on that being a good strategy which to is, trade Eric Stahl. Which is where this team leaves you every single time, stuck right. in the middle. So so here's where you're long-term, if you could land a first-round pick or something or a good young player, whatever that may be. Yeah. And this is what Lou Nanny has talked about for three years on this show, that you'd rather be bottom-feeding <laughs> and and trading some of your top veterans and just get bad for a couple of years for the long-term success. I could also be convinced that because of the ages that all right, this team is in the playoffs right now, they're winning some games, it's a, it's a resurgent year again for Eric Stahl, even better than last year in a lot of ways. He's 33, Suter's 33, Koivu's 34, Parisi is 33. Mm-hmm. Over mm-hmm. to Dumba. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Matt Cullen is in his 40s. <laughs> yes, I, I could be Matt convinced could, yeah. that this is the last hurrah for this core group. And because they put themselves in a spot at the deadline, you just say, you know what? Probably not going to win the Stanley Cup, but the West is down, Chicago is down. This is your last stretch. Well, your, Chicago, these next several months is the is the last stretch. Chicago's down, but the West is not down. Well, Vegas the is the West up. is pretty good. So here's here's your but, but like Chicago's been the West power. Well, sure, and but out. yes, yeah. the The Blackhawks are are pretty much a dumpster fire this year. But you've got a lot of teams that are pretty good. Now here's your problem though, and because I've been t- uh, talking about at least toying with the idea of trading stall for quite some time, because if you take stall to market and and you trade him to a contender and l- let's say they can plug him in as a two or three center, it's absolutely perfect. And I think he could get you a really nice haul. But the issue goes to the core group of who runs this team. Leopold told us before the season that it's essentially Stanley Cup or bust. Yeah, so there's zero chance Chuck, this conversation is happening. Chuck Fletcher that is in the as far as we know, reportedly, Chuck Fletcher's in the last year of his contract, and Boudreaux's in year two of, I believe, a three year contract that was assigned to win now. And so the expectation here is, I, I think internally at the X is we can win. I look at this team and I don't see the eighth-seeded Predators of a year ago. I see a team that, again, is doing what it does time and time again, which is we're approaching an important deadline here, and so it's playing well. Now, my question is, can you continue that? But then the question into the spring is, can do you have a team that's capable of getting into the playoffs, getting Dubnik hot enough to carry you for an extended period of time, not just a series, but an extended period of time, and do you have a team that's deep enough to actually win in the playoffs? My answer is no. Now, I have an explanation for both of, of you guys, though. Because You're talking to me and Judbot or me and Dave or Dave and Judbot? Dave, Phil and Dave. Okay. Explanation for, I finally f- figured out my frustration when I've uh, complained time and uh, time and time again about the Wilds' consistency. 
Here's the explanation. Off of the comment that we played a couple times on the show so far from Boudreaux from last night, I've never meant that the Wild has to come out and play three great periods per night because it's not you, your season is so long, that's not going to happen. It's also just really hard to score goals in the NHL sometimes. Sure. But what I have meant is this. Last night you get down by two and you're playing you're playing a decent team. It's not a great team. It's a decent team. You get down by two and you don't just say, we're on the road, we're going to lose. You come back and actually play pretty well. That's my frustration. There is no, there's no reason why a consistency of, of if you get down, you can't come back all the time. I mean, this team on the road up until the last couple of weeks or so has been a complete disaster. So when I talk about consistency, I'm talking more about the, the mindset. What we saw last night should have been happening far more often throughout the course of the year. So I've never meant that they were going to come out and play three great periods on a nightly basis. But I do mean that that what we saw against the Islanders and Devils is feasible to be done far more often than it was. Yeah, I th- this so er- that's what I meant. This Eric Stahl thing is so interesting because th- that would be a piece that other teams would overpay for for a stretch run. It just flat out would be. Yes. But again, because you've put yourself in this spot where three weeks ago you were the nine seed, and now here you are. Like, okay, you're climbing the standings, and you're winning some games, you're collecting some points, and even... When you're losing, you've collected a couple moral victory points in the last two or three weeks too. Uh, I just i i don't I don't look at this team and think, yeah, they're they are. There's a good percentage chance if they can just get in, they're going to make some noise. They don't possess any of the qualities that you would look for, whether it's top line center, uh, top possession statistics, where they're just constantly generating chances in the offensive zone. A goalie who's proven a, he can carry you. Right. Yes. I mean, like, and Devin, and the crazy thing is Devin Dubnik has proven he can carry you for two-month stretches, but never in the in that right. two-month stretch. Yes, in the spring. And, uh, and, and so you get the advantage of playing bottom-feeding teams like Arizona in the regular season. Can you carry a team when you when you have to face, you know, the top half of the league in the postseason? Yes. And if you get in as a seventh seed, you might have to face one of the best teams in the NHL can you carry a team in that setting? And he hasn't shown that yet. That being said, this is probably the end of your window with these players and all the money they make and the no-move clauses. So if you're playing well enough, well, I could be convinced that this is you, you let it ride. I mean, they're going to let it ride, obviously. They're yes. either going to let it ride or they're going to add a piece. They're not going to do what we're saying, which is Eric Stahl would have a lot of value if you decided to try to get a first-round pick for him. Um, Parisi, Suter are in, in the midst of, as we've talked about a thousand times on this show, 13-year contracts. You signed Koivu to, I believe it was a two-year contract extension, Phil, that kicks in next season. Next season! Mm-hmm. He is now playing, he has played this season like he did two years ago. He is a number three center. That's ideal for him. I'm not saying that he can't play, but he plays too much, and and we get way too caught up in believing that, oh, he does all of these great things. Now he's an okay player. But he is a guy that you that you could have let go into the market after this year. And if you know what, if you want to come back and play this role for this much, awesome. That's fine. Instead, you signed him to a two year extension. So at least when if we're talking about this is the end for this group, start identifying those guys who can drop off and be replaced. They're not doing a great job of that. Uh, Jefferson tweets in. He hits me with the Billy Madison. Mackie, what you just said is the most idiotic thing you have said. Everyone is now dumber for having listened to it. With the stall thing? Yeah. Oh, I've talked about that before. No, it's not. Oh, so, but, he, but here's my response to that. 
Do you think this team can win this? Knowing what you know about this team and this core for the last five years, do you think this team can win the Stanley Cup? Because they haven't gotten out of the second round, and it's the same core with Eric Stahl added to it the last two years. It's the same core that can't get over the same hump year after year, even out of the first round. So if you don't think they can win the Stanley Cup, then why would you, you know, why would you scoff at the notion of maybe getting some good future ammo? That's my point. Think, you know, thinking outside the box a little bit. Your baseball take on yesterday's show might have been truly awful. This take is not. <laughs> I stand talked, by that. By I've way. talked about this. No, the stall take is not. The stall opinion is not terrible. And what drives you up the wall about this team, as you brought up in uh, the the open of the show today, what drives you crazy about this club is that whenever a deadline looms, they sort of get hot. And so then people are like, well, you can't trade stalled. There's no way. Yeah. But in a week, we'll be talking about, wow, that, you know, that run out to the East Coast was fantastic. And now they've fallen off again. So, no, the consideration of trading stall is not dumb at all. And when you consider at his age, too, what he could get you, it's rather intriguing to me, actually. So, all right. Mr. Uh, so Royce, we call you Mr. Mr. Trades that you were always, but I, but, like I, but I don't disagree with with this uh, particular thought. I don't think it's going to happen, but we'll see. Now, so now it is really if they if they if they decide to stand pat or buy at the deadline on Monday, it really is Stanley Cup or bust, which I think is what they've said all along. Yes, uh, but they didn't play like that for the first couple months of the season. All right, let's go uh, out to Fort Myers when we come back here. Derek Wetmore from fifteen hundred ESPN dot com and the Touch Mall podcast. Why did the Twins create a roster space yesterday? It's interesting. Are they going to maybe add somebody who can throw pitches from outside the organization? We'll talk about that. You know, Luther Brookdale Toyota is a proud sponsor of the Touch Em All podcast, which you can find at uh, 1500ESPN.com, Apple Podcasts. And, uh, and we thank them for uh, being on board with the Mackie and Judd show and the Touch Em All podcast. One cool thing about Luther Brookdale Toyota, among many, is... They are the best place to go to if you want to find out the value of your pre-owned or used vehicle. So all you have to do is go to, well, two things. You can go to LutherBrookdaleToyota.com and click on the We Buy link. It's just a little button at the top of the page on the header, and you can find out all the information. Or you can just do this on your own. Just listen to what I'm saying here. Uh, Bring any vehicle, any make, any model into Luther Brookdale Toyota. In as little as 15 minutes, a professional appraiser will give you a no-obligation offer, no appointment necessary, and you'll just find out, even if you're curious, what your vehicle is worth. And if you want to go forward with it, Luther will handle all the paperwork, and you can have a check in your hands. You can use it for a trade-in, a lease, whatever you want. LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. We buy. Just click on the, the button at the top of the homepage or uh, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. The most meaningless exercise in sports media. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Oh boy. Oh, we've got percolation. And not like the pre-show percolation that Judd gets after drinking four coffees and having some No, no, no. Let's not go there. No, 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 no. Derek Wetmore, are you there in Fort Myers? I am here and percolating, guys. All right, let's let's start to add up some pieces to the puzzle here. And and there's going to be I'm trying to get Doogie to dig on this, and he texts back, I'm on my deathbed with the stomach flu, but I'll text his agent right now. So here's... <laughs> texted his agent, He's I was in the again. bathroom, no. hovering over the porcelain. No, nobody, throne. nobody is sicker more than our guy Darren. <laughs> Ruckless speculation! All right, Derek, help us with this. So there are three pieces to this puzzle. Number one, the Twins opened up a 40-man roster spot yesterday. 
which is it's an odd time of year to open up a 40-man roster spot, JT Shagwa on the outs. You're not doing it this time of year to open up a spot for an internal candidate because you could just wait until you need to, right? Like there's, It's a rare time of year to open up a spot after the Rule of 5 draft before the season to say, oh, you're off the 40-man and you're on it. So it would yes. suggest that there's an outside pitcher or somebody coming in to take the 40-man roster spot. Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman, wow, John Heyman, Paul Heyman would be even better. Rock Lesnar, my client. <laughs> Maybe that's the 40-man roster spot. John Heyman from MLB Network and FanRag Sports has an article, could Lance Lynn be the final piece for the Twins? And he has some speculation that's grounded in reporting. He's not just floating that recklessly. He is an insider. And last but certainly not least... Loyal listener Paul emails the show and says, Good source tells me the Twins have signed Lance Lynn. Not a joke. Mm. Reckless speculation. If the Twins land Lance Lynn, what would that do for you to cap the offseason, Derek Wetmore? Uh, well, the job A was to fix this pitching staff, and if you make all those additions, I'd say you pretty well fixed the pitching staff. I think that's an A if if it happens. It. Your source, Paul, is that uh, Paul Heyman, John's reputed brother? Well, Paul Heyman is the advocate for Brock Lesnar, the best manager in the history of WWE wrestling. And Ah. I'm sure he has sources around baseball as well, but... Ah. Yeah. Well, John Heyman was here at Twins Camp the other day. I'm not necessarily tying those two threads together. But what I thought after the Odorizzi trade, and then there's the three big-name free agent starting pitchers out there, I thought that there's this... Okay, guys are looking to sign, but they haven't. What's the deal? Some teams could use some good starting pitchers. And and all three of these guys, I'm talking Jake Arrieta, Alex Cobb, Lance Lynn, they're at least a mid-rotation starter, right? Their their best year might be behind them in some cases, but you'd think that they make contenders better. So my only thought was like, well, maybe their asking prices are just outrageous. And if you're a team like the Twins, you can just sit back and wait until those prices come down or roll into the season with the starting pitching staff that you have right now. Um, I'd have to see the the contract to know, you know, is this a good deal? But if you add two legit mid-rotation starting pitchers and fix your bullpen in one winter, I'd say that's a pretty good offseason. Even though it got done a little late, it would be a pretty good offseason for the Twins. If we are uh, correct here, and it is Lynn, Derek, your thoughts on his ability uh, to help as, let's say, the three-starter? Yeah, Lance Lynn's an interesting pitcher because the analytics don't like him as much as the traditional metrics. Uh, well, they, some they, hands- they didn't last year. They loved him before the surgery for like five years, just to, for <laughs> distinction. Yeah, exactly right. But I think the same thing about Lance Lynn as I think about Alex Cobb. Pre-surgery and post-surgery are two different people. So we have we have to work with what pitches they have now, what command they've regained, the strikeout rates that they're throwing up after they went under the knife because... I think with some of these pitchers, it's no guarantee you ever get back to the same guy. So so analyzing those stats pre-surgery gets a little dicey for me. Uh, from that perspective, I don't think Lance Lynn is in the same stratosphere as a U Darvish, as a Chris Archer, but mm-hmm. I think he's a good pitcher. I mean, he posted good numbers last year. Uh, previously, Phil, he had kind of been that ground ball guy with some strikeouts. Last year in the National League Central, was more he just limited runs. He had a great ERA, uh, ran up a good season for the Cardinals, and there was a report early this offseason that he was looking for five years and $100 million. 
Um, I'd be pretty surprised if that happens in in this current climate of free agents. But uh, good pitcher. I think that if you if you start looking at the depth then the Twins have because they still I would argue don't have an ace. But if you go, you know, J.O. Barreos, Jake Odorizzi, eventually Irvin Santana, Lance Lynn, and then fill in the blank between Phil Hughes, Adalberto Mejia, maybe Anibal Sanchez, Aaron Slager, Steven Consalves, that kind of group, if they're just extras hoping to maybe get a start at target field at some point this year, I think you've done wonders to improve your pitching staff. Yeah, Derek, I think this is going to be really simplistic, but it's true about the Twins pitching staff for most of the last six, seven, maybe even eight to nine years, of the 12 or 13 guys that are on your staff at any given time, call it 12, between relievers and starters, they just need fewer guys who are likely to get shelled, right? I mean, they've sure. always had, sure. of the of the 12 guys on their staff... Fewer guys that just suck completely? That's the thing, like, there's always been two starters <laughs> and two relievers at minimum any given time that you're like, my God, just don't give up nine runs today, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big part of it. There's the top-end talent, and that's what you see with teams like the Astros, teams like the Yankees, where you're like, boy, how are we going to get a hit off this guy today? But then there are other teams, and the Tampa Bay Rays would be one of them, guys who just... Maybe you had an ace, maybe you didn't, but you just ran out quality pitchers yes. that weren't going to bury you. you know, I get kind of tired of hearing the term, like, stopper. He's he's an ace, he's a stopper. Oh, if we're on a losing streak, we can count on him to stop the losing streak. What I try to look at is, like, who got you into the losing streak in the first place? Yeah, yeah. And I was watching Jake Odorizzi's bullpen session here at Hammond Stadium early today, and the thought kept running through my head. I said... This, this was the third best pitcher on those race staffs. How were they not better? How did they not win more? And, of course, we could go dive down that rabbit hole. But to have a staff like the Rays had, for example, with Chris Archer into Alex Cobb into Jake Odorizzi, you know, and some other depth names around there, that's a formula. It's not what the super teams are doing right now, but you definitely see postseason clubs there every year that don't have a standout guy. They just have four or five really good pitchers. And what's great here, too, is is if it's Lynn, with where things stand now, I could very easily see this being, what, a two- or three-year contract, probably max. And, and so basically you tell them, hey, sign here. You're going to get an opportunity to pitch quite a bit. Prove yourself, and in two years, if, if that's what the deal is for, Go back out and get paid. So, actually, uh, from the standpoint of the Twins, this could work out perfectly. Yeah, but I keep wondering, Judd, why why do you want to rebuild your market if you're a guy like Let's take Jake Arrieta as an example. Just he, I think he's a more extreme example of what you're talking about here. He's, yes, so, he is. There's some thought that you'd say like, oh, just go get a one year deal, show people that you're a good pitcher, and then bang, cash in next year. I, man, if I'm in my early 30s, approaching my mid 30s. Knowing what happened this winter, that the freeze was sort of put on quality free agents because front offices are all thinking similarly that, hey, we don't want to overpay for production. We could get something similar for a million bucks. Yep. Boy, I don't know that I'd want to pass on my probably last great opportunity to strike it rich. My answer is simple. In in the case of of Jake, it's different because he's a Boris client, and and I think sure. that I think they will just sit. In the case of Lynn and Cobb, I think they panic. I think that they basically say, because, I mean, keep, keep in mind, I mean, the, these are people with families and wives and things. And, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I've covered these uh, these things before where the wife starts to say, what's going on here? Yeah, and, they're humans, too, yeah. you know. And so so I think that there is a, a group right now who is probably starting to panic. And, and if you're the twins, I think you go right at those guys and say, 
We're going to give you a short-term chance here. If you can prove it, that's great. And then if the um, market is destabilized in the next couple of years, that's fine too. Sure. But I, but if I'm the Twins, I'm going for anybody I think who is pretty good, who is going to be in a situation where they look around at this, at this, and say, "I can't yeah. sit that long." Right. Yeah. You start to get a little itchy, and if you're the Twins, then the patience pays off because I'm pretty sure, guys, that the Twins were a little itchy when they got down to Southwest Florida, saying. Okay, who's going to fill out the starting rotation? Now they pull off the Jake Odorizzi trade, and they're starting to feel a little bit better about it. Maybe Anibal Sanchez is some depth, and Phil Hughes maybe looks better than you thought. And All right, so so maybe that anxiety level's gone down a little bit for the Twins. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not going down for those free agents that have to continue to sit and continue to wait. And each day you see another guy fly off the board. You see the Rays make another trade, and like the the... The pieces are starting to move around, and you're still sitting there unemployed looking for work, not sure whether you're going to Florida or Arizona, uh, having to get ready for the season in a month. That's that's a pretty nervous situation. Yeah. I, I do have to ask you guys, though, if it's pitching, great. The Twins needed to address their pitching. Could you see any sense in the Twins addressing a position player? Maybe they get a DH, a hitter, somebody who could platoon with Max Kepler in right field or something like that, or do you think that... Pretty much now, all you have to do is add pitching and just roll into the season with what you got offensively. Um, so I don't. I'm definitely not opposed to adding a bat, but if you're working on, if, if you're like at the 15 yard line and moving the ball toward the goal line on Lance Lynn, I'm not really until if if, if you're still open minded to adding a pitcher for maybe some big money before the season, like that's priority number one. Not that you can't sure. be doing both at the same time. You know, a, a Mike Napoli, I. I this is the problem for me. Like, I don't know what to do with Kenny Vargas. I think Kenny yeah. Vargas, there's some potential there. The guy can hit for power, and he's been better lately. But he's also, like, 26 years old. And do you want to give him another shot this season, or do you want to bring in a Mike Napoli as a clubhouse guy and a guy off the bench who can hit some home runs? I don't think there's going to be a big acquisition offensively. I still think there could be a big acquisition at pitcher. And, I, and yeah. I, these Lance Lynn rumblings make a lot of sense, and they have for a few months. Yeah, we've talked about it. We've argued back and forth on Lance Lynn versus Alex Cobb versus Jake Arrieta versus Chris Archer. You know, whatever, make a trade. And I think that the the Odorizzi trade does sort of bring down the temperature in the room. No longer are you are you getting a little hot and sweaty that you don't have someone that you feel comfortable with filling out your rotation. That that you're not going with like two or three unproven kids or Phil Hughes with the question mark. Uh, you feel better about your rotation today so that now you can act from a position of strength rather than a position of desperation. That, to me, is probably the best thing that the Twins have done so far this winter. Great stuff, Derek. And uh, we're going to let you go because we've got a lot more to recklessly speculate on here, okay? We've got agents to call. We've got got... scoops coming in. (laughs) This is fantastic. Reckless speculation. Yep. Uh, uh, Derek, you can find him on 1500ESPN.com and the Touch Em All Twins podcast. We will catch up with you next week. See you Sounds tomorrow. good. Thanks, guys. Okay, let's come back here. You'll, here's what you have to figure out. If they pull the trigger on Lance Lynn and John Heyman, baseball insider, is speculating, maybe even leaning, reporting a little. Those guys don't but, write things. And he was just in Fort Myers. Yes. So, so he's kind of floating the... Hey, I was just with the twins, yeah. and I'm going to kind of connect them to the to Lance Lynn. Yes. I can't report it fully, but um, if they if they sign Lance Lynn and they get the guy that the Cardinals had for the two years before the surgery, mm-hmm. that's a game changer. Let's talk about that, and also Lou Nanny at the top of the hour. Mackie and Judd now continue. Play ball!
1500 ESPN. The brand new 1500 ESPN app is here. Stream live shows, download podcasts, read the latest Sportswire articles, and more. And you can do it all in one place on the app. And if you need more reasons, we've got those too. We're spending the entire month giving away a $50 Red Cow and Red Rabbit gift card every day and a 55-inch TCL Roku TV every week. But you just have to have the app to enter. Download it. The new 1500 ESPN app in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store now. All right, so we're, we're speculating oh, on Lance Lynn here. You got to play it again. Thank you. Reckless speculation. This ain't run-of-the-mill speculation. No, this is the reckless kind of speculation. This is the best kind there is. So uh, the Twins cleared a 40-man roster spot yesterday by saying goodbye to JT Shagwa. John Heyman is a plugged-in national baseball reporter. He has an article after visiting the Twins on FanRagSports.com from yesterday. Could Lance Lynn be the final piece for the Twins? And most importantly, our listeners are doing some digging on this, too. Emailer Paul says he heard it's a done deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this is what Doogie is reporting via text message and digging. He's literally, like, throwing up with the flu right now and reporting on this. So what a warrior he is. We appreciate that. Doogie said he heard the Twins made Lance Lynn an offer, mm-hmm. but kind of a lowball offer, yesterday. Yeah. That makes sense. So could Lance Lynn be taking a lowball offer? Because this is what I said a couple of segments ago. You get you got to get your butt into a camp if you're a pitcher. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to start the season in four weeks. I, I wonder if the contract also has to do with the fact that Lance Lynn has battled weight problems throughout his career. He is six foot five, two hundred seventy five pounds, and I I would be curious if they are talking to him about parameters of uh, a contract that maybe they're like you got to prove yourself. Lots of bonuses, for instance. <laughs> well, he's always been that way, even when he was awesome, though. In fairness, right, but I'm, I'm just saying really but good before I, the But surgery. I'm just saying you uh, designate uh, Shagua for assignment yesterday, and it's sort of weird, as you pointed out before, that there wasn't an immediate corresponding move. So what this could be is they've basically agreed to parameters, but they're still hashing through some things. Uh, so here, here, just for some context, Lance Lynn before the surgery that took him out for the entire 2016 season. Well, after the surgery last year with the Cardinals, he uh, made 33 starts, 11 and eight. 186 innings, uh, 3.43 ERA, which is obviously very good. Where teams get, this is why he hasn't signed yet. I think there's a discrepancy between what teams are looking at and what like an agent would be pitching. They'd be saying, well, hey, he's healthy at a three and a half ERA. And teams are looking and saying, yeah, your home run rate doubled last year. Uh, you had a, a, your expected ERA was near five. And so maybe you got a little bit lucky, mm-hmm. but let's just say that he was knocking off some of the rust in his first full year back from Tommy John surgery. Here's the resume for Lance Lynn. This is a guy, he's 30 years old. So he's still in his prime. This is a guy who comes from one of the most pitching rich organizations in baseball, a great developmental system. And in the four years before the surgery, Lance Lynn put together a 3.38 ERA, pitched in a bunch of big playoff games to varying degrees of success, a strikeout per inning, and if you want to go real stat geeky here, mm-hmm. he was 20th in baseball over that period among all pitchers in wins above replacement. So I wouldn't say he before the surgery he wasn't a number one ace, but he was a rock-solid playoff caliber rotation guy. And now you could plug him in as a three, for instance. Can he get back to that level? I think it's I, worth a shot. Yeah. Like even yeah. if he's 80% of what he was before the surgery, 
you put him in the mix and Barrios and Odorizzi, maybe you don't have the top end guys that like a John Lester, you Darvish, but now right. you can feel really good about your rotation going into the season. But now once Santana comes back, if Gibson flames out, guess what? It's not a huge deal. I mean, it still might hurt you a little bit, and it's certainly a guy that you worked to develop. But if once Santana's back and, and let's say Gibby is struggling in, in mid-May, you're like, okay. That would be shocking, by the way. Gibby struggling. Yeah, that never happens. I don't know what that's all about. Uh, also, Lance Lynn has a lot of incentive financially to sign here. I was wrong. He doesn't have a wife. He has an ex-wife and a kid. Alimony and child support, baby. You can't be sitting out. You can't be the poster child for taking a stand against collusion when you got those two things going against you. Yeah, I mean, baseball players are are humans. These are human beings with financial issues. So all I'm saying is that I'm sure there is a group of players that can sit out for a year if they need to. But my guess is if you got an ex-wife and and you got a kid who's getting child support, you can't be that guy. Reckless. Speculation. Yeah. It's a good theory. I mean, I think your theory about players who have pregnant wives and or who have just had the birth of their first child. Or sick parents. Sick parents. Yep. Takes a toll. Yeah. Uh, Ryan says, with all due respect, Paul Heyman is not the best manager in WWE history. (laughs) The honor goes to Bobby the Brain Heenan, and I will not argue with that. Yeah, I think that's 100% right. Shame on you. Yep. Bobby the Brain Heenan is in a class of his own. Paul Heyman is rock solidly in that. He might be the head of that second tier, though, because okay. he kind of goes across ECW, WWF. Where does the mouth in the South Jimmy Hart fall in your rankings? Overrated. See, I think Paul Heyman's a little overrated. I loved Jimmy Hart back Paul there. Heyman didn't need a megaphone, Dave. I don't know that Jimmy needs one. I think it only adds to the bravado. Mm. I mean, Jimmy Hart is definitely on the Mount Rushmore of managers. Well, that we could agree on. Yeah. Should we talk to Louie next? <laughs> About wrestling? Sure. <laughs> Lou Nanny. 